happening in Ukraine. And we have a lot of detractors who say horrible things, um, hinting that uh, there is no genocide. But apparently, as we all know, there is. So I will pass it off to you. Well, thank you, Huda. Um, fantastic work, but I have to say, uh, conducting everything, you really knocked it out of the park. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who you know worked behind the scenes to make all this happen. That was really fantastic. Once again, we're going to cycle through some uh, co-hosts here. So everybody, please give a, uh, a quick round of applause for uh, Yehuda pulling that marathon interview. Thank you, sir. And I hope you get some time to decompress. Well, I will. I um, am off to the grocery mart and uh, buying only the finest kosher slice meat from Sobeys in Thornhill. I recommend you do so. Uh, thank you so much, guys, everyone. Uh, that was, uh, I need a break. I think I'm emotionally drained myself. If James said he's emotionally drained, I think I'm up there. Uh, may I drop off? Do we have co-hosts already? Yes, I will. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it, big guy. Have a good one. Cheers, night. Good night, Yehuda. Hope you feel better with your little cold. I have to ask, Peter, is, uh, is Grocery Mart a, uh, a major chain in Canada? Is Sobeys? Yeah, Sobeys is a pretty major chain. Uh, 1776, please go ahead. And yeah, uh, there's doesn't seem to be any other hands up, so fire away. Yeah, how, how do you go after that? I, I guess the only thing I, I'd like to say is uh, after that incredible uh, interview, it was kind of uh, surreal. I was listening to it as I was uh, driving through uh, my neighborhood, which just got hit by a tornado. So it was... Uh, kind of surreal to hear what james was uh was uh saying as i was driving through the neighborhood but the uh you know a lot of what james was saying there uh would just be a a great way to advertise the space if it could be bitten off into chunks and thrown onto other social media platforms uh such as you know facebook stories or youtube youtube because it's so easy. Hey, uh, 1776, it sounds like we're having um, problems with your mic. Is anybody else having problems? Yeah, I lost him as well. Maybe we'll uh, cycle him down. And uh, if you can still hear us, uh, 1776, uh, try clearing the cache of your Twitter app and then restarting the app and come back in and we'll, uh, we'll bring you back up. And, and just for everybody in the space, we do have... Um, the Walter Report does have the YouTube channel. I believe we have um, Instagram too. John, do you know? I believe there is an Instagram. I believe Moose might be able to speak to that somewhat. I believe he yes, was involved. We, with... we have we have a Facebook that is currently active. Uh, the Instagram is not active, so uh, we're we're not promoting the Instagram as of yet. So uh, by all means, go to go to the uh, the the Facebook. Our our YouTube has almost fifty hours of uh, of interviews on it. I believe there's like twenty eight um, interviews that are currently on there for your listening pleasure. Uh, the some of the big ones, and our team is working tire tirelessly to get more up daily. And and I will say um, that one of our one of our more recent um, interviews or guests was a family that that uh, was that basically escaped from Hersan, I believe it's Hersan, um, an amazing uh, couple of hours, and that we we um, very quickly put up into the YouTube channel. So it's an amazing, um, amazing story um from them and so this is a an entire family so i believe it's um a father mother and one child possibly more children um that you may be very interested in especially after the very touching stories um, that we heard tonight so for the people who don't know the way the space works is you uh ask to be a speaker and once you are given permission to be a speaker then you touch the little heart and raise your hand it's the very far right emoticon and that's how you get in line to be a speaker or to be a uh, to actually ask something or say and i think um megva sorry please tell me how to pronounce your name but you are the person with a hand up 
please speak. Your audio is kind of muffled. How about now? Loud and clear. Okay, cool. So, well, I mean, just following up on, on some of James's comments, talking about the horrors of what's going on right now in Ukraine, I don't know how many of you have been following up the developments of tonight, but um, um, there has been in the last few hours some massive, what, what I can only describe as carpet bombing in the Bakhmut region um, by Russia, which I can only imagine is retaliation from the recent strikes. And also earlier tonight, um, it seems that Ukraine had been shelling, also, well, not shelling, but striking some depots in Luhansk, uh, which I've seen in uh, Russian channels, Telegram and so on. They have confirmed at least uh, nine objects that have been hit. And um, yeah, about, I think, maybe three hours ago, um, Bakhmut area has been hit extremely hard. I don't know if anybody else has seen what's going on there or has any more information. Unfortunately, we lost the person that would have any of that information. Uh, they're, they're restarting their phone, so uh, yeah, John will be uh, back up here in a bit. Um, so, excuse as me. As, uh, the uh, Heimers that are working hard now, uh, would we see a withdrawal from the south? That was as I was saying, John will be back up in in a in a bit, and uh, he's our resident subject matter expert on it. Uh, I didn't really hear the question. Yeah, I was asking, so, uh, would we see a similar withdrawal to the north, where they weren't actually pushed physically? Sorry, uh, uh, Maviga. Did I say that right, Mavega? Yes, Mavega is the person with the question, and um, I'm really sorry for butchering your name. Okay, maybe he's not uh, listening. We'll go to uh, George, who has his hand up. Yes, uh, I just looking at a couple of telegram and flash, and it looks like they're hitting Bakhmut with uh, you know uh, grads and uh, Uragon rockets right now. Uh, there's like video of like multiple explosions, like one after the other, in the central part of the, of that uh, city. Oh, the, the 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 Russians launched like a hundred thousand rounds a day so they're they 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 yeah they're they're hitting everything it's it, it, if, it, if you if you want to see something wild go to nasa and look up the firms so it's the uh the fire information uh anyway it shows the fires on the ground and uh basically it shows where all the big artillery battles are and uh it's uh it, it's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible. It just, it's just a big blotch of red. Yeah, Constantin. Yeah, I yeah I think uh, I I know uh, there there was a video published recently of uh, uh, three people well voices of three people behind the uh, behind the cell phone recording uh, from Bahmut where there is like really really intense and dense shelling in in Bahmut uh, residential what appears to be a residential area. And they're talking about that they have their mother over there, and it's it's really intense. There are not uh, not that many uh, videos like that that are you know as uh, that have so 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 much you know uh, uh, shelling. But uh, what what it's what is not present on that video is the secondary explosions. So it feels like it's not they're not targeting anything mil military or strategic. It's pr it, it it probably uh, just you know retaliation towards the just put a put a finger on the map and say like let's shoot here and uh, and destroy whatever there is even if it's even even if it's residents and just civilians. And that that shelling is is really intense, and I think tomorrow, uh, well, not tomorrow for Ukraine right now. Uh, the early morning is starting, and we will see uh, some reports of, of what was happening in there. Well, I guess the only saving grace is uh, as as the Russians are firing, they're they're giving away the positions of all their uh, all their artillery batteries to uh, so once the HIMARS are done with all their ammunition dumps. Uh, we'll uh, quickly shift over to them. Yep, uh, and I think that uh, those rounds, they looked like 
I'm not sure 100%. I think we need Portland here to explain, but those looked like 152 millimeter rounds, not not MLRS systems, not uh, Uragans or Smirch systems. It, it looked like uh, 100, 155 millimeter ones. And uh, uh, in Bakhmut, if uh, uh, there is a very large uh, military base uh, uh, for 50, uh, there is a, a staff. Uh, um, of the 54th Mechanized Brigade, but obviously they're not sitting in their barracks and uh, at the base as a, as a you know easy target. So, but but you know Russians being desperate, they may as well uh, try to target that and try to you know just just to show that they're doing something. I mean, just just as a re- revenge because lately their their deep strikes, well not not deep, just generally you know uh, strikes that are. Uh, were really uh, not effective, and they only uh, could could harm civilians. Thank you, Constantine. Uh Yeah, thank you very much for your time. Uh, first of all, great interview with Rip and Vasquez. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I am reading all, all over the news that uh, they are they are hoping that uh, the war will end in, let's say, uh, by the end of this year. What I'm seeing is a lot of similarities uh, between this war and the uh, war for Croatian independence, which lasted from 91 to 95. Uh, we had uh, Vukovar, uh, Ovchara, uh, Ukraine have Bucha and every other place. So what is your opinion? Do do you think that war war will be ended by the end of this year or what? Yeah, unfortunately, we lost John again. But uh, I I dare say that, uh, and I'm I'm no uh, uh, one of these big-brained officer uh, uh, um, strategists. But I, I, I dare say that uh, the Russians aren't going to last that long. You know, uh, one thing they, they didn't have in, uh, in, in, uh, in any other war was the ability to reach in behind, well behind the third and fourth lines and, uh, and hit the uh, supply depots, which the Ukrainians are doing on a nightly basis now. Uh, they're, they're, they're hitting it with a spectacular abandon. And uh, they're uh, soon either the Russians have culminated or they're about to. You know, we're we're very close to that to that point, whether the uh, the Russians have culminated or not. There's a lot of experts that believe they have already culminated uh, and culminating means that they've gone as far as they're going to go. They can't go any any uh, further, and they're at a point where they're putting uh, any possible of uh, of uh, of a strategic and tactical withdrawal in jeopardy. So it uh, it it's it's definitely uh, definitely in the cards for the for the Russians to uh, be back in Russia. You know, because it's it's hard doing all that uh, all that raping and pillaging and 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 stealing a washing machines and what that's hard. It's hard stuff. They need to be back home before the end of the year with 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 their with their with their spoils that they're they're stealing and with all the the Ukrainian wheat that they're they're trying to make off with. Uh, but you know, I I digress. I don't think it's going to it's not going to be a long protracted war. It's going to be it's going to be done. As soon as the uh, the Ukrainians get everything in place, uh, they're going to start their counteroffensive, and I dare say it will be uh, uh, spectacular. I don't want to know when it starts. I'll I want to know when uh, when the Ukrainians have reached their day one objectives. Uh, then 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 the news, the media can report on it. Then you know. Until then, I don't even want to speculate. Uh, where they're massing or uh, where they're going to start their counteroffensive, because uh, you know that's that's up to the Ukrainian high command and Konstantin. That that was the segue for you, Konstantin. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was uh, I was kissing my wife. Uh, 
So uh, I wanted to add uh, one thing here is that uh, Ukraine, uh, like Russia, they, they, I think they culminated right now. That's my personal opinion in terms of uh, uh, onslaught in their current state, but they still can have, can hold the defensive positions and to conduct a proper uh, counteroffensive. Ukraine needs uh, still lots of equipment because for the counteroffensive, uh, you do need tanks, you do need infantry uh, fighting vehicles, and you need anti-air defense systems. Well, n- not as much uh, air defense systems, but as but uh, really a lot of uh, tanks and uh, and armor in general. So I think Ukraine is. Uh, looking right now into uh, replenishing its stocks uh, and the uh, uh, entire uh, United States and other uh, free and, uh, uh, you know, democratic countries are working on helping that. And uh, there is a big blocker in that, that is Germany. And I think that uh, to to have a, a complete understanding, uh, that, to have more information, we have to look closer what what's going to happen with Germany and if Ukraine is going to get at some point uh, modern tank, somewhat modern tanks and and infantry fighting vehicles like Marder. Those are those are like uh, because you know going on their offensive in the pickup trucks, which is Ukraine has been doing before, is is has a huge huge toll, and it's it's hard to do not only you know from actual successful perspective it's, it's hard to do just as as, as a person as an, as a soldier to you know go to the fight inside a pickup truck it is quite you know uh, not a very fun thing to do even even though we do that and uh, and sometimes uh, quite successfully thank you and and just for the space um so you know we we try to raise up ukrainian voices um so they tend to get put at the at the front of the line so it's it's nothing against you personally it, it's something that we do because you know this we're here for ukrainians and so that's why we let ukrainians talk first so george thank you i don't remember if you were um before or after constantine but in any case please uh go ahead no thank you no problem uh i wanted to say i think what people need to concentrate is they're there is a high Mars campaign that started about two weeks ago, and there's go- probably going to be about four. Uh, obviously, the first phase now is they're hitting the ammo dumps. The second phase will be, and I think they started that about two nights ago, they're going to start hitting the SAM sites. In other words, the surface-to-air missiles, the anti-aircraft missiles, because the Ukrainians haven't been able to use their Bayraktar drones uh, because of the anti-aircraft systems have been bunched up in the Donbass. So it's eliminated the ability for Ukrainians to use Bayraktars in that area, in the east. And I think the second phase, when they start degrading some of those SAM sites, and once they get rid of, because remember, there's a Panzer, which are intermediate, and then you have the S-300 and S-400, which the Russians have already admitted, they've tried to shoot down the uh, rockets coming from the high Mars and they can't. So, and they have ranges of like a hundred, a hundred kilometers, 150 kilometers, and they're set up about 70 to 80 kilometers behind the front. George, George, quick question for you. Um, are you sure that there's no problem with OPSEC, um, about the stuff that you're talking about? Oh no, definitely. It's, it's all of them. I mean, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, uh, trust me, I wouldn't say anything that no yeah, one already it... knows. Yeah, don't worry. If if there's any OPSEC there, I would have jumped all over it. Yes, yes. So right. so the the once they once they degrade all the SAM sites and that'll free up the Bayraktars to be able to do like longer, more deep strikes behind the front lines, then I think then you'll go into your third phase, which is then they'll start concentrating on uh, not individual artillery pieces, but where there's groups now the other thing that people under have to understand right now the ukrainians are using what's called the the gimmers rockets they're using the version that has a unitary warhead it's uh weighs around 200 pounds has about 54 pounds of explosive in it 
but I don't know if they've gotten the second version of the rocket, which is the alternative warhead. And those will probably be more beneficial for the third and fourth phase where they start hitting artillery and co troop concentrations because that rocket head, the alternative warhead, uh, consists of 182,000 uh, tungsten balls that explode several feet above uh, the ground. So there's like a giant shotgun block. And that's what they would use to degrade like uh, artillery sites, troop concentrations, things like that. Uh, open convoys rolling on the on the open road. So once you get this phase three, where they start taking out their artillery sites, things like that, then you go into phase four, which would be using, once again, the rockets they're using now to take out uh, Russian defensive strong points, concrete emplacements, things like that. And those would be, that would be the phase that you would see right before, let's say, they start a counteroffensive. So you'd go through those four phases first before you could launch a counteroffensive successfully, if they're doing it by the textbook way to, of what HIMARS was designed to do. But the, the great thing about the uh, the Ukrainians is uh, <clears throat> they're they're unpredictable because they're uh, they're they're not following any book, uh, not even their own. That's uh, true. That's true. You know, I, I dare say I would take out the EW assets long before I start uh, taking out uh, uh, in entrenched positions because uh, the 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 Russians have an extremely effective uh, EW presence. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically negating most of the uh, the small and medium drones on the battlefield. So and that's where that's where the Ukrainians have a distinct advantage is in the, the small medium drones. Uh, the Bayraktars, for the most part, are are hardened against uh, most of that. Yes, yeah, but for the EU, for the EU assets that the Russians have, for the, excuse me, EW assets that the Russians have, they could use their mobile artillery pieces because those have to be very close to the front. You're going to be using those within like 20 to 30 kilometers at the most of the front. So you don't have to waste the Gimler's rockets for those. They're well in reach of, let's say, your Panzer uh, the 2000s or your Crabs or, you know, even the Caesar. So they could use those to wipe those out because they're, they have to be close to the front. You can't use an EW site 40, 50 kilometers behind the front line. It's got to be up close in person. Well, I, I used to work with EW. Uh, they, they, they can be, you know, 60, 70 kilometers behind the lines and still be effective. Like the, the, the Russians are like running gigawatt units, right? So they can, they can literally blanket uh, half a continent with with some of their equipment okay i understand that but i'm just thinking about their operators and how many of their operators they have left to run this stuff so hopefully some of them have bought it on some of these strikes too yeah and um i, I didn't I, unfortunately i wasn't able to listen to much of the ew um discussion today earlier today that we had but my understanding from the very little that i listened in on which of course i'm non-military and you know just a lawyer but um my understanding was that the ukrainians actually don't really need the kind of you know um gps and all that kind of stuff that the russians actually need and so ew is not necessarily that effective or that important against the Ukrainians, um, I may be completely wrong about that, but I'm just asking. Well, there, there's a couple of things that uh, EW is completely ineffective uh, against. And uh, one of them, you know, uh, a, a signal dispatch rider, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, every, all of us that were, uh, that were uh, back in my day, we were rat ops before they amalgamated all us into sig ops. But, uh, you know, part of the rat op duty was if I cannot contact you by pigeon or radio or whatever I, uh, I i get on my motorbike and i run that message to wherever it needs to go and uh you know what there's nothing more secure than uh than than a person running running the message because you don't have to encrypt it uh, you know, there's a possibility of running over a mine or whatnot. And I, I really don't want to think of that because I did some pretty sketchy stuff back then. Um, 
I'm surprised I'm alive today. But uh, yeah, you, you know, you can you can run the message now. Uh, does it take time? Yeah, there there are drawbacks. Um, you know, there you you see, and I, I remember back to 2014 when the Russians invaded Crimea, and you'll see this this Russian, and you know, it's some Russian officer. Uh, you know, there in his Adidas tracksuit, you know, using his cell phone and then telling all the troops what to do. Uh, you know, they're 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 still doing that. You know, they're they're still they're still lighting themselves up with uh, with MCON, uh, you know, with uh, with a, the, the what we call emissions control in in, in the in the military. Uh, the fact that both sides have cell phones on the front drives me insane uh i i i i may go there myself and just knife hand everybody that takes out a cell phone because uh you know that's that's one that's one quick way of unaliving yourself on the front and probably killing all your buddies too i want to say i'm uh, I'm, I'm looking for john yeah so am i hold on so people um who have questions or comments please put your hand up meanwhile we're we're trying to get somebody uh, so if anyone does want to come up, uh, maybe raise your hand, uh, ask a question, uh, raise a news story you might have read about, uh, we would appreciate it. Thanks. It's it's never it, it's never old to talk about high Mars. It's high Mar o'clock. Well, we could, also announce, <laughs> we could also announce our um, upcoming speakers, if that would be good for everybody. Sure, go ahead. So Irina Shev, Ukrainian-born Portuguese journalist reporting in Ukraine for the past four and a half months. She will be on the space in the space July 14th at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time, assuming I'm assuming that's noon. And uh, that is 1400 coordinated universal time. We also have coming up Mick Ryan, um, who we've had on before. He's, he's, um, He's a great contribution to the space. And we may have had uh, Irina Shev before. I just don't know um, offhand. But I'm, I'm very sure that Mick Ryan has been on. Um, he's a retired Major General, Australian Army strategist, uh, leader and author. He is also on on the 14th. He will be on at 7 p.m. Eastern time, which is and also Friday, July 15th. Friday, July 15th, so the day after at 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Summertime. And I don't know what that um, translates to in Eastern Time or UTC or anything else, but we will um, put that information out again. And just so you guys know that the uh, that we have these upcoming speakers. And this is only Tuesday. It's possible we have other people coming back um, or coming tomorrow um, but right now, that's what I can tell you about what we have uh, coming up. So thank you. Uh, just a quick point of clarification, Heliana. Uh, I did the same thing. Uh, so Mick Ryan is coming the 14th uh, at, at the time, Eastern time. The Australian time is just the next day. Like it, it goes into the next day, I think. So it's it's just one speaking engagement. Does that make sense? Totally does. Thank you very much. I totally did that when I announced it the first time, too. Uh, okay, and then, uh, Heliana, you know, those are some great guests we've got lined up. And, uh, you know, all, at the Waltz Report, we always have such great guests coming. Every every, uh, every few days we have, you know, someone like uh, 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 James Vasquez uh, or, or Colonel Jeff, right, an electronic warfare expert. We get all these great experts lined up. It takes a lot of work, right? These guys are busy people. And uh, they're volunteering their time and their expertise for us. So uh, if you guys do feel so inclined to support what we're doing here at the Walter Report, all we ask is that you contribute to MariaAid.org. Uh, MariaAid is a charity organization run uh, also by volunteers, just like the Walter Report. That means there's no overhead costs. 100% uh, of your donation goes directly to purchasing uh, and sending things like tourniquets, body armor, uh, drones, thermals, night vision, things that Ukrainian soldiers and civilians need on the front line right now. So uh, if you guys do feel inclined to support anything at the Waltz Report, all we ask is that you uh, contribute to Maria Aid. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who contributes and everyone who will contribute in the future. Back to you, Helion. We got John back. Yeah, we do have John back. And thank you, Joseph, for that great announcement. John, please. Uh, thank you, Heliana. So, Constantin, in regard to your question earlier about the current shelling of uh, uh, Bakhmut, I talked to Portland about it. Uh, he looked at the video. And so what he said is that 
it looks like a combination of uh, 152 millimeter shells and cluster munitions, presumably launched from either Oregon or Smirch. Oh, got it. That's uh, where is Portland? Why he's not here uh, doing his math? Yeah, the uh, I'm not sure if you saw the because Il, uh, Ilya Ponomarenko he posted two videos. The first one, that one definitely looks like one five two, but the second video that he posted is a reply to the first one. Um, that one towards the end, there's a bunch of impacts. Well, you can you can see a bunch of explosions, like six or seven per second, and so that looks uh, at least to me that looks exactly like the the MRL strikes that we saw on uh, against Kharkiv city and against uh, Nikolaev. Yeah, so I've seen I've seen only one video probably and it did not have those uh uh intense uh in uh, like cluster munitions. Uh do you uh, and where is Portland? Why is he not here and not doing the math? He's so good at it <laughs> and it's uh, such a pleasure to listen to. We love him, don't we? He's great. I don't know. John, I know John was talking to him on Twitter. Uh, they, they were going a little back and forth uh, in terms of what was going on. I know uh, John was asking, why isn't this all smirch? And he said, you know, there's there's a delay between the hits. And that implies to me it's artillery. So I don't know exactly. John, is he maybe just busy with work or something? He had to just do it through uh, text. Uh, I have. I don't know uh, what he's up to at the moment. I saw that um, uh, someone had asked, like, in response to the video, had tagged him and was asking him about it. and He was commenting on it. And I sent him a follow-up on that, asking about the second video. And he's like, oh, yeah, that does look like um, either Oregon or Smarch, presumably. Got it. And so just our general understanding is that this wasn't a targeted strike on any specific thing. This is just kind of a delete a grid square type deal? I mean, as much as the Russians can target the, any of their artillery, which, you know, as I, I, I'm sure as Constantine can tell us, you know, especially with their MRLs. There's a reason that he was cluster munitions with them because they can't hit anything with great precision. So uh, cluster munitions is like uh, it is. Uh, everyone uses cluster munition in in such in, in such scale. It's not. I don't think it's bad, but but yeah, those are weapons that are supposed to be used as uh, uh, as area weapons. There, you know, those are not precision weapons, so you can miss everything, and it's designed, you know, just to. Uh, have huge batteries that are keep firing, keep firing, you know, at at until they hit, until until they destroy something. So, in in modern warfare and specifically when Ukraine, you know, that, that does not really possess too much armor. So, what are they? What are they targeting? I don't know. Buildings, those cluster munitions. They're not. They don't have any uh, too much penetration. So, if you're entrenched, uh, you're pretty much safe from the cluster munitions. Uh, if you are, you know, if there is no armor, well, you can destroy, I don't know, five pickup trucks that cost uh, anywhere from four to ten thousand dollars, and you, 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 you just wasted. You know, you opened your positions when you were firing them, so you are endangered for counter battery fire, and uh, you are, you know, uh, you wasted, I don't know, a mil, a couple of millions of round uh, worth of. Uh, Around so, it's uh, th- th- they are uh, not not that effective. It's it's just like at, in this war, it seems like it's more like a terror weapon instead of you know a uh, weapon of war. Uh, Constantine, if I could ask you two follow-ups on that. Um, so, do you know if the Russians have? So, I've seen some of the videos from earlier on in the war of some of the uh, the dud uh, Russian cluster munitions that were. I believe launched from uh, some grads near, I think Kharkiv was the specific place. But I, I noticed that the, in that particular case, there were anti-personnel uh, submunitions. Do you know if uh, uh, Russia has any, we would call them in U.S. service, um, uh, deep, uh, DPICM, dual-purpose improved cluster munitions? Essentially, they're, they're hybrid submunitions that um, have both the same... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think those like there are two. Uh, I think uh, there are two parts of it. One of them has like uh, is anti-armor. One of them is anti-personnel. Each so each uh, submunition uh, can also can target uh, both people, uh, both troops, uh, and uh, and armor and penetrate uh, light armor. It cannot penetrate tank, but you know it can 
it can damage tank, uh, but it you know it will not hurt too much the crew. So uh, I don't think Russia has anything uh, on that level, like uh, as advanced as the new ones, uh, because uh, I've read that HIMARS and those uh, has newer ones. Uh, M, uh, I think M thirty one is 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 the missile. It has pretty advanced new. Uh, uh, new types of submunitions, and I don't think Russia had anything like that. So they don't they don't really uh, rely on, uh, on on stuff like that. And uh, MLRS were uh, essential. I, I would say uh, somewhat under underdeveloped. The idea was just we have something that shoots and covers a lot of areas. It's, it's a big big thing it shoots, and we're happy with it. That's but I don't think they have, uh, unless they have developed something new in the past, I don't know, five to ten years, I don't think they had anything that has uh, uh, such, that, that can have such effect as uh, uh, how do dual-purpose uh, DCIM, something like this. I, I don't think uh, they have that. DPICM, uh, dual purpose improved cluster munitions. Uh, the, the second question yeah. I had for you was in the US, we used to, I think we, I don't know if we still have any inventory, but at least in the 80s, we had some, we had some um, essentially cluster munition shells for uh, tube artillery for our 155s and our 105s. Uh, do you know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I lost. I lost connection for 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 a minute. Could you repeat? Oh yeah, sure. So back in the '80s, I'm not sure if we still have any inventory, but the U.S. we had essentially cluster munition 105 and 155 millimeter shells for our tube artillery. Do you know if Russia has anything like that in their inventory? Uh, yeah, I know. I know that for sure that. Uh... They uh, 152 millimeter rounds. They have cluster munition, cluster munition variants. I don't remember the marking, uh, and I know that uh, Pion, so two, 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 three uh, millimeter munitions uh, rounds. Uh, they also have them with uh, cluster munitions. That's I, 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 I definitely uh, read about that, and I'm sure that they have those. But it's not yeah. as effective. It's not as effective as uh, you know as MLRS systems because um, because of the uh, much less accuracy and much less uh, area coverage. John, do you know why we retired our cluster munition artillery shells? Yeah. So the reason why we retired uh, the uh, our, our cluster munitions for both the shells as well as the fact we didn't make that many of the M30s, which are the cluster munitions for high Mars, as well as for the M270s, is because they have a UXO and exploded ordnance problem. They had like a dud rate. I think they were supposed to have a dud rate of 5%, but I believe in some cases, testing indicated they had dud rates up to 20%. It, it varied, and that was essentially the main reason, because we kind of did this switch in the U.S., you know, from, you know, focusing on, you know, a full-scale conventional war with, say, the Soviet Union to more of this counterinsurgency stuff when you're working a lot in civilian areas and you just can't be having this, you know, using cluster munitions and having this massive unexploded ordnance problem in civilian areas. It's just, it, it's just not good practically for, for a number of reasons. And, you know, it doesn't win hearts and minds among the civilian population if they're constantly, you know, maiming themselves, you know, on UXOs. It's just not good. Got it. Thank you, John. And uh, with that, we can go to uh, Liberal, and then uh, we actually have Portland joining us. Welcome, Portland. Uh, and uh, we can uh, talk a little bit about these uh, recent uh, Russian, uh, you know, show, showboat strikes or, or, or whatever we want to call this. Uh, so with that, we'll go to Liberal. Liberal, go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to announce that I was uh, talking with Portland a little while ago, and I told him that uh, Constantine was asking about him, and I just wanted to announce to the space that Portland said he'd be coming up. So when things go boom, one of our favorite fellas... We want them in the room. Portland, take it away. Oh, I, I can uh, uh, I, I can hang out for a little bit. So if, if other people have questions or stuff they want to get to first, I, I'm, uh, I'm good with that. Hey, well, I we're basically good. Oh, go ahead, Helena. I thought Constantine had a specific question about distance for Portland, maybe. Yeah, we've given the kind yeah. of basics, Portland, of what this is. Go ahead, Constantine. Uh, I had this. I thought just he was more competent to answer the questions that I've been asked about the, which types of munitions that were fired at the 
uh, at the Bahmut today in the in the video release and couple of uh, uh, Telegram channels. Uh, but I think someone had has answered that Portland did confirm that it was uh, um, cluster munitions. And when I when I saw that video, I I I, I forgot about it. I was talking more about one with uh, I think it would looked more like 152 millimeter rounds. And I just wanted to ask him if those were or if he thinks those were 152 millimeter rounds or uh, maybe some uh, MLRS systems, but without cluster munitions, because there was on the second video there were no so many, there was not so many. Um, you know, instantaneous explosions. So the the first video is definitely tube artillery. Um, basically, it's about one and a half seconds from flash to bang. Uh, that means the observation distance is around 500 meters. Uh, so, you know, you, you go through the math from observation distance, specific intensity, uh, uh the the loudness of the sound when it gets to the uh to the pickup yeah you're looking at tube artillery now the russians do have quite large stockpiles of the uh, 152 millimeter and 203 millimeter 3 0 23 3 0 13 and i think 3 0 14 which respectively have uh, 42, 8, and 24 uh, submunitions each. So the, we, we can't really tell from the second video whether that was um, multiple rocket launcher dispersed cluster munitions or whether it was tube artillery dispersed cluster munitions. Um, but we can say for sure that that was definitely cluster munitions in the second video, and either eventuality um, makes sense to me. It's good. John just uh, sort of asked Constantine to sort of explain that whole cluster munition situation with this uh, Russian artillery. So good qu- good question, John. You set us up really nice there. Um, so Portland, I guess my question might be about just the broad... Um, I'm asking you maybe to speculate a little bit here, but to me what this looks like is... Obviously, we've been enjoying a lot of lovely booms uh, in Russian territory, right? We've been watching these ammo depots explode for the past two weeks. It's been we're we're having a blast, right? Uh, uh, unintended, right? Uh, we're 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 dabbing on the on the Russian internet uh, Telegram accounts, uh, laughing at them, talking about high Mars o'clock. And I think someone in the Russian high command said, "We want our own big boom. We want our own, you know, internet viral video of a big explosion uh, for the Russian side." And to me, this looks like them just trying to do that. Would you uh, agree or disagree? Go ahead. So it's it's difficult to say if this was their attempt at uh, attaining the kind of uh, impressive operational success that that has become sort of routine for the Ukrainians of late, then it's a miserable fucking failure because the only important target that they actually hit was a transformer station. Um, I mean, this is this if this is the best they can do, this is a shocking display of ineptitude and, and lassitude and operational exhaustion. Um, you know, they, they are ignoring the fact that everything that has made Ukraine so effective, certainly over the last 21 days or so, has been their ability to hit incredibly precisely at extended range. Um, you know, they, they blanketed Bakhmut in, in cluster munitions, and literally I saw one, one detonation of note, and that was a transformer station. Well, if you take a residential neighborhood and you plaster the whole bloody place in in cluster munitions, and you don't hit the transformer, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, it's it's difficult to, to make sense of it. Certainly, there's no operational justification for blanketing an entire city in cluster bombs, but, you know, Russians going to rush, I guess. Thank you, Portland. Uh, John, any questions? Uh, no, you knocked out, and <clears throat> knocked out of the part in terms of any questions I might have had. Thank you, John. Heliana? Can you give a generalization about um, the amount of artillery going back and forth um, on the front? Uh, not, not one that I would expect to stand up to rigorous scrutiny. The uh, the thing is, is that I only have snapshots, 
you know, 40 seconds of video here, 30 seconds of video here. Um, and, you know, people really read too much into firms' data. Uh, firms works... Um, firms doesn't measure instantaneous heat flux. It measures heat output over time, and it's mostly reading the infrared information coming off smokestacks. So unless you get like a big fire going and it lasts for some time, firms doesn't really show you most of what's actually happening. So, you know, if I had access to better satellite imagery um, like I did back in March, I could be more specific. Uh, but, you know, that's frankly extremely expensive and uh, not as informative as you might think a lot of the time. Thank you. Portland, Constantine, go ahead. So, uh, Portland, if you have seen those uh, tubercular uh, Shallon, uh, do you think... Uh, um, Actually, let me rephrase that. What do you think the size of the of the I don't know if I call it a battery, but uh, the size of the unit that is firing is it like a battery of six uh, of six howitzers working on it, or maybe it be entire entire battalion, uh, you know, lined up or from maybe from different places. But what, what do you think uh, the size of the of the firing the units that are that are shelling uh, based on intensity of that uh, um, and and period, you know, and yeah based on the intensity. I don't know off the top of my head, but if you give me a couple of minutes to go do some back of the envelope math, I can try and figure it out. Uh, yeah, and this is uh, this is would be this would be really great. I just you know. Portland and math is, is why is why I keep returning to the space, even though I have to work. When I hear Portland saying I have to do math, that's you know just my heart starts pumping. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, all the Ukrainians love Portland because he gives like really uh, detailed information. Like uh, Kersan Cat always wants to ask Portland stuff. Uh, okay, liberal, go ahead. Thanks, Joseph. Hey, uh, Portland. Before you run off to do math, um, I um, <clears throat> talked to you earlier about an explosion on a bridge between Lysychansk and Lubizna. And it was reported that um, this happened actually earlier in May in an effort to slow the Russian uh, offensive. Um, not clear, but I think of note was the, the um, what looked like a thermobaric explosion. Um, but then someone said that wasn't thermobaric or a toss. That was simply um, 500 pounds of TNT. Based on your expert experience or analysis, if you want to take that into your math uh, room. Um, but I think visually speaking, you would, I think you said that you agreed it looked to be uh, thermobaric. So, okay, with a thermobaric device, what you're doing is you're, you're, um, it's, it's a two-stage weapon. You've got a bursting charge, which mixes a, a fuel with the surrounding air, and then you detonate uh, you ignite that fuel air mixture, and that produces a uh, a really intense shock cone that tends to precipitate uh, water out of the air at the margins. So that like weird water vapor looking effect um, is pretty typical of thermobaric um, events. Uh, thermobaric meaning. Uh, thermo regarding heat, baric meaning regarding temperature. So you you um, you exchange chemical energy for thermal energy. That thermal energy um, produces pressure. Pressure wave passes through the air, so, uh, uh, expanding at the speed of sound. Uh, and as it does so, um, produces this very distinctive. Um, water vapor cloud looking effect, which actually, if you go back and you look up photos of muck cones um, from aircraft that are passing the sound barrier, it looks exactly the same because it says exactly the same um, atmospheric effect. So, no, I, I have never in my years and years and years and years of doing this seen 500 pounds of TNT 
produce a a shock cone like that. I'm not aware of environmental conditions that would allow that to happen. So I I I beg to differ. Any fault there, Liberal? Yeah, so um so uh Portland, thanks Joseph. Portland, um would you use a thermobaric um munition on a bridge? Because it seems um I know they use it because it sucks the oxygen out the air and it, it you know goes into apartments and caves and it, it has a specific application, but the Russians have used um you know, anti-ship weapons on buildings. Are you surprised that they would use, uh, you know, uh, potentially a thermobaric weapon to destroy a bridge? Uh, no, not really, because depending on how the bridge has been assembled, um, if it's a properly concrete-footed bridge, then the thermobaric device isn't going to do a whole hell of a lot to it. But if it's a military replacement bridge or a pontoon bridge... Right, and it looked like um, it might have been... You, you dropped out there, Liberal. Liberal, I think we lost you there. Uh, but go ahead and finish your point, Portland. We'll try to get him back. Yeah, if it, if it was a, uh, a military replacement bridge, then one of the ideal weapons for knocking this sort of structure over might well actually be a thermobaric device. Because what you actually get is a massive pressure wave. Uh, they are very, very good for... Um, blowing down fairly lightly footed structures. Um, for example, uh, you can blow a, a standard American, uh, you know, uh, stick built house over at quite a significant distance with one of these things. So if there's not a, a huge weight of concrete in the footings, it's, it's a quite practical option. Thank you, Portland. And uh, so I guess I'll just do some uh, brief announcements since we've got a little lull here. Uh, first off, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Waltz Report. We have uh, maybe a few new listeners uh, because of our recent guests. So uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, we do appreciate you guys stopping by, seeing what we're all about. Uh, Waltz Report is a 24-hour news network uh, dedicated to covering the Russian invasion and genocide of Ukraine. Uh, everything we do here is about uh, promoting the uh, information, uh, correct information about this Russian invasion of Ukraine and, uh, you know, uh, fighting against